Well, as she, uh, Pastor Ariel mentioned, Pastor Joey's at home with his uh, family enjoying his son. So we thank the Lord for that. And uh, he's asked me to share the word of the Lord with us today. And last week, he was talking about, as we celebrated the resurrection of the Lord, one of the angels had declared, why are you looking for the living among the dead? And we were reminded from God's word how we can spend so much time and energy looking in all the wrong places for life. When only through Jesus Christ can you and I experience life. If you could just lower me a touch, I'd appreciate that so much. Now, before we move on from the resurrection, the Lord put a word in my heart that uh, I think we need to look at uh, just one more aspect of the resurrection because it connects us in a very unique way because it offers every single one of us hope. And we, more than anything else, need hope. How would you say amen to that? So I want to begin by taking you back several days before Jesus was crucified. We are in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus had now had the Last Supper with his disciples. Then he took them into the Garden of Gethsemane. And uh, there uh, he was praying. And there we also find this portion of Scripture in Luke chapter 22. I'm just going to read two verses to get us launched off. Listen to what the Bible says beginning in verse 52. But Jesus answered, no more of this. He touched the man's ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests, the officers of the temple guard, and the elders who had come to him, am I leading a rebellion that you have come with swords and clubs? Every day I was with you in the temple courts, and you did not lay a hand on me. But this is your hour when darkness reigns. So Jesus, in the Garden of Gethsemane with his disciples, he's praying there, and then Judas shows up with, with a crowd of the chief priests, some officers, with the intention that they're going to arrest Jesus. In that process, uh, the apostle Peter, uh, who was the only one who had a sword there, takes out a sword. He cuts off one of the ears of one of the uh, servants of the high priest. Jesus heals that ear. And then we have this dialogue between Jesus and this group that's come to arrest them. And notice that Jesus said, this is your hour. The hour when darkness reigns. The hour when darkness, which is symbolic for the kingdom of darkness, the devil, this is your hour when you are in control. And immediately Jesus was arrested. He was tried. He was falsely convicted, handed over to Romans where they severely flogged him 
almost killed him from the whipping, and then ultimately crucified him, and he died. This is your hour when darkness reigns. Now, now I want to take a few more steps back in time and look at uh, several verses, two verses. Let's look at first in Matthew chapter 17, verse 22 and 23. Jesus said, when they came together in the Galilee, he said to them, the son of man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him. And on the third day, he will be raised to life. And the disciples were filled with grief. Sometime later, once again, Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 20, verse 17 through 19. Now Jesus was going up to Jerusalem. On the way, he took the 12 aside and said to them, you are going up to Jerusalem and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked, flogged, and crucified. On the third day, he will be raised to life. So in this journey now that Jesus has with his disciples, not once but twice, he declared to them that he would be ultimately arrested, he would be cru crucified, but that on the third day, come on, say third day with me, third day that he would be raised to life. On the third day. And now, let's look at Matthew's gospel. Let's look at chapter 28. Let's begin reading in, in, right in the first verse. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, and going to the tomb, he rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So Jesus predicted, prophesied to his disciples that he would be beaten, crucified, but that on the third day, he would be raised to life. He said it not once, but he told them twice to affirm, this is surely going to happen. Into the garden they go, and he there in the garden, he meets this crowd, and he tells them, this is your hour when darkness reigns, when darkness is in control. And he's arrested, he's brutalized hung on a cross and he died just as he said he would but then on the third day just as he promised Jesus rose from the dead even though the enemy the religious leaders and the Roman Empire put a stone over the tomb and sealed it trying to keep him in the grave on the third day Jesus Christ rose from the dead
Now, some may wonder, why three? Why did Jesus say he would rise on the third day? Why not on the second day, the fourth day, the first day? Well, biblically, the number three symbolizes divine wholeness, completion, and perfection. In other words, Jesus was saying on that third day, the day that I rise from the dead, the, the salvation of man will be complete. It will be perfected. I will bring wholeness to humanity on the third day. On the third day, God will affirm that he has accepted the sacrifice of my blood for the forgiveness of sin so that through my sacrifice, man might be made whole again. The third day opened the door of salvation, eternal life for all who would put their faith in Jesus Christ. The third day represents also this truth that offers you and I such great hope here today. Let's make the connection for us. You see, like Jesus, every single one of us in this room, every single one of us watching on the internet today will experience an hour of darkness. You will never, ever be able to avoid the hour of darkness. It will come to every single one of our lives. It, it's a, a specific time where suddenly the powers of darkness are in control. And no matter what you do, you cannot turn the tide back. It can be a, a physical attack on your body. Uh, I remember uh, years ago, 19 years ago, when I first came uh, here to Pastor Belmont, something began to happen the very first month that I was here. Suddenly, I never had this in my life, but suddenly I started getting severe leg cramps in every single night, in both legs. So much so that it kept robbing me of sleep. I would wake up in the morning with my legs so sore from the leg cramps. And no matter what I did, no matter how I tried, I, I just kept wondering, God, what is going on? I never had this in my life, but it, was, it went on for months, robbing me of sleep. And I don't know about you, but I'm the kind of guy that I don't do well when I don't get good sleep. It's a miracle that by the grace of God, he was helping me to, to pastor and to do the things I needed to do. But even though we prayed, it just persisted and persisted. And I thought at one point, I may not be able to pastor long if I keep going at this rate. See, it was a time when darkness was reigning physically in my life. Darkness can reign under emotional attack or suddenly you wake up one day with a, this dark cloud over your heart and mind. It can be a time of assault on your marriage or your family, your finances. Remember, uh, the, we have a, uh, a book in the Bible called Job in the Old Testament. Job, the Bible says, was a righteous man. And he, did, he lived right before God. But he experienced an hour of darkness. And in one day, Job lost all of his children and all of his earthly possessions. The only thing that Job had left 
was his wife. And then when that wasn't enough, God allowed him to be assaulted physically by the devil. An hour of darkness, when darkness is in control. It's an hour, it can be an hour of darkness where someone you never expected betrayed you, as Judas betrayed Jesus. An hour of darkness where false accusations against you on the job prevail. And you're wondering, what is going on, God? Where did this come from? How come this thing isn't getting fixed? It's an hour when, despite all of our best efforts, we can't remedy or fix our situation. It's an hour where hope begins to be drained from our life. Here's the good news. Although it may not seem like it, the hour of darkness has a beginning, but it also has an end. You see? In other words, the devil may be in control right now, but the third day is coming. The devil may be racking all kind of hell and, and working all kind of issues in your life now, but the third day is coming. I want you to listen this morning to a promise from the Lord. I will raise you up on the third day. The third day when the power of God breaks the power of darkness in your life. The third day when the stone that has kept you imprisoned is rolled away. See, it's the third day when the Lord will bring wholeness back into your life. When the Lord will bring wholeness back into your marriage. When the Lord will bring wholeness back into your finances. I'm talking this morning about the third day that's coming for every single one of us. It's the time when God will speak resurrection life into your situation. The third day. The problem is we hope that it's just three physical days. People, the third day just symbolizes a time span. The hour of darkness. I wish my tribulations were only for one hour. I wish my problems were only for one hour and then the third day would come. But that hour just symbolizes a span of time that God has a decree that the enemy can have his way in your life. The hour of darkness. I can't tell you how long it will be. Nobody can. But I can tell you this. The third day is coming. The third day is coming. Listen to Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 6. This is God speaking. Then I passed by and saw you kicking about in your blood. And as you lay there in your blood, I said to you, live. Live. This is such a graphic picture where God is describing his people. He said, I walked by and I saw you. You were discarded. You were a child that was discarded and you were kicking in your blood. In other words, it's a picture of you're doing everything you can to survive. You want to live, but your blood is being spilled all over the place. And I saw you and I said, live. We might be kicking in our blood this morning. Some of us might be in that place where of desperateness. 
where we don't feel like we're going to make it, where we feel we're not going to be able to survive. But the third day is coming. It's that moment where God will look upon your situation and speak one word, live, live, live regarding your health physically. Live regarding your health emotionally and mentally. Live regarding your marriage. Listen, I want to tell you this morning, you can choose to believe the lie of the enemy that's telling you you're going to end in a divorce or you can choose to believe the word of the Lord this morning that the third day is coming and God will speak a word, live over your marriage. Your marriage will not just survive, your marriage will live, it will thrive. Your family will not just eat by, your family will flourish and grow. There will be wholeness back again into your family and your circumstance. Live regarding that habit that's destroying your life. Live regarding that dark cloud entombing your mind. Oh, I know that right now there's a stone over your grave and it seems like as if there is no hope. But we serve a God that can roll the stone away. We were singing about it earlier. This is the house of miracles. This is the house, this is the place where the Spirit of the Lord resides, where the presence of God is, where God can come in a moment and speak the word, live, and the stone will have to be moved aside. And not only will the stone be moved aside, but you will come out of that tomb into wholeness of life. Third day is coming. Listen to Easy, uh, Ephesians chapter 18. In the first, uh, the first chapter, excuse me, uh, verse 18. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. The Apostle Paul was praying for you and I, for the people of God, that we would understand, that we would see, receive divine revelation. I'm not talking about a mental understanding. I'm talking about a spiritual awakening that transforms the way you live. And Paul said, I want you to understand. I want you to know the power of God that is present for you and I. It's the same power that rose Jesus from the dead. That same power is a available today for you and for me. The enemy only rules until God says it's time. You see. It doesn't matter that the stone is over the tomb. All God has to do is say, move it away. 
and speak the word, come out. Doesn't matter how many guards are at your tomb. They will all tremble and faint at the mention of the name of Jesus. Come on, look at somebody and say, the third day is coming. There's wholeness and new life that's coming. There's a deeper relationship with Jesus. Worship team, if you would come, please. Now, as I said, I can't tell you how long your hour of darkness will be. No one can. The promise of the Lord is today for us today is the third day is coming. But between now and that moment, here's what you and I need. The same thing that Jesus needed in the garden. Luke chapter 22, verse 43. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. Think about that for a moment. The Son of God, knowing that the hour of darkness was upon him, receives strength from God. And this morning, the same God that gave strength to Jesus can give you and I strength today. Strength so that our faith will have a spiritual resolve. Well, we will know today may not be the third day, but it is coming and I will wait upon the Lord. He's going to renew my strength. He's going to give me that strength so that I, my faith will not fail me, so that I will wait patiently for the third day. So the question today for all of us is, are you in the hour of darkness today? I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning. Every one of us, from time to time, experiences this hour of darkness. A time where it just seems as if, man, we're going to just lose out totally. Where no matter how much we pray, no matter what we do, the situation just seems darker and darker. But I thank God that the third day is coming. I thank God that he will see us and speak the word, live. 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 But maybe right now, in this hour of darkness of yours, you need strength. God is here today to supply the strength that you and I need to be faithful and wait upon him until the third day comes. So as we begin to sing this song, if you need strength today, if you find yourself in that hour of darkness and you need strength not to give up, but to wait on the Lord. I want you to just lift up your right hand and we're going to sing and then we're going to bless the Lord and pray for God to dispense his holy strength into your heart and into your life. Worship team, would you help us?